Hello and welcome to another edition of AIW's The Card is Going to Change. As always brought to you by Smart Mark Video, who takes care of all of our DVDs and streaming of every AIW show. Also want to give a shout out to the folks feeding us this and every uh, episode of The Card is Going to Change. Angelo's Pizza in Lakewood on Madison Avenue. Make sure you grab some wonderful pizza there or any sort of Italian food that they have. And of course, as always, brought to you by Jack Prince for all your signage, your graphic design, any sort of memorabilia that you would want to get made. Check out Jack Prince on their website at jackprince.com. J-A-K Prince.com. That's right. And that voice that you heard right there was Chandler Biggins, one of our hosts here of the show, along with the other co-owner of AIW, John Thorne. And today's episode, we are doing a AMA, or I guess AUA, Ask Us Anything episode, in which questions were sent from you, the AIW fans, and John and Chandler have not seen these questions. Except for the ones that people tweeted uh, against our rules, but not everybody follows directions very well. So with that being said, uh, we'll get this thing started. You guys ready? Yeah, we're live again from the studio apartment in Parma, Ohio. <laughs> it's my studio apartment. It's not even your studio apartment. Our studio apartment. It belongs to all of us. Yeah. I would love to see your studio apartment. It's full of eBay items. <laughs> all right. Uh, first question. We're going to start easy here. This one you saw on Twitter. Favorite sandwich from Melt. I would say I would say uh, a lot of the monthly ones have been my favorite. Uh, there was uh, they used to just specifically weekend exclusive ones, so a lot of those. If I had to pick off the regular menu, I'd probably say the Parmageddon with the uh, pierogies and cheese. Uh, hold the sauerkraut. Oh, I don't know if this is really that interesting to people, but <laughs> I'm I'm gonna go with. I I haven't narrowed down to three. Two were okay. only available for for three days total. One was the Charger to the Underhill sandwich. Oh, the uh, Country Fried Steak. That was one of mine, yeah. That was good. That was only available for three days. Uh, the other, the Breakfast Club Melt, which was also only available for three days. The bread were, was waffles, and it came with pixie sticks to put on the sandwich. Uh, and then my regular go-to, regular menu item is the Parma Italy, which is basically just a chicken Parmesan sandwich. Yeah, some of the weekly or monthly or whatever ones. There's a sweet and sour chicken one with Chinese food on it. That was good. On a grilled cheese sandwich. Big trouble in Little China. Yeah. And uh, they did like a Korean barbecue one with like short ribs and like uh, kimchi and stuff. That was real good. So if anybody from uh, Melt is listening, Jingle Toes on Twitter. I know you got those connections. Yeah, send this over to Matt Fish. Let's get... uh Let's get that big that uh, Charger to the Underhills and the Breakfast Club melts back on the menu. All right, next question. Another uh, fun non-wrestling one. Favorite straight-to-DVD Steven Seagal film? Also, this... Okay, so that is for Biggins. Thorne, they want your most underrated horror film. Okay, so I'll Biggins, go. you go first. Steven Seagal. I don't think I've ever watched a full direct-to-video movie of Steven Seagal. Uh, that became in the, that wasn't more in the era where I stopped watching him. <laughs> I will tell you my favorite Steven Seagal movies. I know that's not the question, but I'll supply a wrong answer anyways. Uh, definitely Under Siege 1 and 2. Uh, Hard to Kill is by far oh, my it's, favorite. It's great, yeah. Uh, what's that? Kelly LeBrock, one of the hottest women of the 80s. Yeah, he's married to her at one Ooh, point. Weird science. Weird oh, science, yeah, that's yeah. right, buddy. Um, 
I'm trying to think of what other Steven Seagal. I know those are my top three. Uh, some of his other ones were good. The one where he was in uh, Alaska with the uh, with the woman from CSI. That was good. Oh, yeah. yeah. This uh, is going to be the worst podcast of all time. I can't remember all. <laughs> but I would definitely say Hard to Kill and Under Siege 1 and 2. Those are my t- top three. All right. John Thorne, most underrated horror film. Ooh, man. I think I'm going to go with Night of the Creeps. That's the second reference on it's the car is going to change. It's, it's a great, it's a great movie. Uh, newer, underrated horror movies that I've seen lately. I'm gonna go with Hush. That's on Netflix. That was really good. And uh, The Hills Run Red. That's not on Netflix, but it's also a pretty good movie. Wow. All right. Well, let's get into some wrestling topic stuff then. Thank God, man. If you well, those were the warm ups and with sandwiches and Steven those were Seagal. the warm ups. Those were the warm ups. Steven Seagal podcast. Biggins could go on that all day. All right, we're into the wrestling, into wrestling questions. Enough about sandwiches and Steven Seagal. The fucking Biggins can go on Steven Seagal for yeah. the next. And sandwiches. What about Seagal a Steven, a Steven Seagal fu- sandwich? His, his two fuck. Oh, if you throw fucking the guy from Taken in there, fucking Big- Biggins will go for the next three hours. What's that fucking guy's name? <laughs> Liam Neeson. Oh Liam Neeson. God, that's yeah. Jason Statham and Vin Diesel. A very particular set Biggins of skills. Biggins basically just loves action stars. I would kill somebody right now to see a screener copy of Faith, Faith of the Furious or whatever. I have no idea what that is. All right. Faith of the Furious? Yeah. yeah. Fast and Furious movie. Oh, Fate. Fate, not Faith of the Furious. Uh, whatever. It's not about... Dude, what kind of fucking fan are you, man? <laughs> I just watched the trailer it's not about the, It's not about their religious beliefs. Jesus. All right. All right. Can we get some wrestling Yeah, questions? here we go. What were some matches booked that got canceled you wanted the most? Oh, we got a big one. I will say, so off the top of my head, this has happened. Uh, I mean, there's probably been a million matches that were booked uh, that I've totally forgot about or fell apart for whatever reason. We probably should have previewed these questions uh, beforehand so I could have <laughs> had uh, multiple answers for this. But I'm going to go with, for Absolution 10, before we came up with that crazy main event with the Young Bucks and... Uh, Samoa Joe, Samoa Joe, and uh, you know Ray Rowe, and uh, that crazy uh, five on five. The original plan was to book the Great Kali for Absolution Ten, <laughs> the Great Kali and Josh Singh as a unit with Sonjay Dutt, <laughs> and all as a team. Yeah, that was that was that was that was the original plan. <laughs> Unfortunately, we got stuck booking that ten that that ten man tag. Yeah, that worked uh, out terribly, huh? We were in hefty negotiations with the Great Kali. Um, I would say we were negotiating with him for four to five months. Yeah, I was going to say four months. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it was close to happening, man. I was like, fuck, man, this is going to be huge. The Great Kali doing an indie show? This is <laughs> fucking hilarious. Uh, but at the last minute, it fell apart. He was like living in like Texas or something at the time. Okay. Didn't he own a convenience store and was living in Texas running it or something? Oh, I can't remember that much. <laughs> Uh, but I know that, I know that there was like, there was a lot of negotiations and like Sonjay Dutt was kind of acting as the middle person. Uh, cause I guess the great Kali is not very well at English. So Sonjay was kind of negotiating this deal and like, uh, we were working it out and man, it was a fucking, it was a hefty, it was a hefty price tag for the great Kali, <laughs> man. I'll tell you I think that. We were paid by inch of height. Yeah. Like, uh, so it fell apart at the last second, probably, I would say probably two months out from, two or three months out from Absolution, so uh, we decided to lock everybody down for the 10-man tag. Instead, uh, I don't know, 
everyone else could be the judge on whether that was better or worse for the uh, for, well, for Absolution Ten. Cause I, mean, I we'll personally, never know. I personally would have loved to seen the great Kali do throw a fucking super kick and do some indie fucking wrestling shit. The the human centipede action during that five on five match was uh, pretty great though. The great Kali could have just laid down; it would have equaled the, <laughs> all of it. <laughs> Uh, that that's Thorne. I would say mine would probably be the Panda Express uh, never happening of Johnny and Kevin Steen as a tag team. Uh, maybe that happened one day somewhere else, but some great promos out of that. Oh, oh man, we filmed we filmed two or three like hype promos for it. They made merchandise for it, uh, and then the day I I believe that was right when Kevin was gonna have his second child. And uh, or ju- yeah, or just or just had his se- his second child, and uh, he you know he, he was forced to kind of pull out at the last second. Next question: Who was the best ex WWE slash WCW slash ECW wrestler you booked to deal with? Worst and why? So that's like a two part. So best and best worst? and worst. Oh, oh go ahead. Tom. I'm gonna go with the best being little Guido. He's probably the best human still booked on the day. fucking planet. Uh, he's probably one of the favorite people I've ever encountered in all professional wrestling. Uh, second best will be a surprising Scott Hall. It was an awesome experience booking Scott Hall. Okay, I know there's been a lot of people that have had some real fucked up, uh, <laughs> fucked up dealings with Scott Hall, but when we brought him in, he was fucking awesome. And I'll probably never have a reason to talk about this ever again but he came in a a day early and for some reason icp was in town and he was like fuck bro let's go see those fucking clowns this fucking guy just walks right backstage (laughs) we just walk right into the venue he just walks right into violent j's private uh fucking dressing room and i just watched uh i watched violent j put his face paint on while Scott Hall made fun of him for like fucking 25 straight minutes. And then Scott Hall's like, all right, bro, fuck, let's get out of here and go get some sushi. And that was, that's pretty much my Scott Hall experience. I didn't have any of that. So no, I, I'll say, uh, I'd say, you know, Guido, of course, uh, Smothers. Uh, I've been, I've talked a million times about how much I love the FBI. Uh, I'll say Missy Hyatt was awesome. Uh, we only had her like uh, a couple times, but she was great to deal with. And then uh, I think my favorite of all time was uh, Robert Fuller, Colonel Parker. Uh, that was a dream come true. Surprise, surprise that that was your list, Chandler Biggins. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Missy Hyatt was awesome to deal with, though, and so was Colonel Robert Parker. Um, Missy Hyatt, though, I know she's a listener, but uh, she sent us a very nice email about her experiences in AIW, and I teared up a little bit. You're such a. I mean, it was it was really it was uh, honestly it was really touching though, um, for somebody who's you know basically been in wrestling for I don't you know twenty thirty years yeah uh, to take the time to you know write an email and say you know what an enjoyable experience it was, uh, especially you know in her last few months uh, the last few months of her career because she did retire, um, so I would say you know Missy Hyatt is definitely right up on the list because. Uh, that's just like the bizarre thing about being a wrestling promoter is you get to, you get to encounter some of these people and some of them are not good to deal with. Uh, but then you encounter people like, you know, little Guido or Missy Hyatt and you develop like friendships with them, which is pretty crazy because these are people that, you know, we watched growing up. Yeah. I was gonna say, it's still probably the big compliment 
for you guys with Missy Hyatt is she still sits there and interacts with you guys constantly on Twitter. Oh, yeah, and for sure. And uh, it's funny because a lot of people will hate on us and be like, oh, people only put you guys over because you book them. But Missy Hyatt will not take our dates and uh, still loves us. So kudos to her. Yeah, she's been she's been gone for months now. She's uh, been Won't since come retired. back, she says. Yeah, she's done. She's retired. We've tried. Well, yeah, because she's – I mean, she was just great to have around. Um, and she honestly had had – a lot of good ideas that she would suggest to us. Um, and she put a lot of thought into everything she did in AIW. And, you know, uh, there's a lot of people that could give a fuck. They're just there to get their envelope and leave. Uh, so, you know, that, that was definitely a positive experience. Uh, uh, another one we forgot about was Booker T. Uh, Booker T, there's been mixed reviews from other promotions, but uh, he was awesome to deal with. And him and Grado might be one of my favorite moments of uh, 2016. Yeah, Booker T was excellent. Um, you know, we... We were a little nervous because, like I said, you know, you you read these reports of these guys and these promoters having bad experiences with them, like Scott Hall or Booker T. So, you know, we're definitely nervous when we do it. But I guess if you just kind of treat them with respect, you know, and they they give you kind of the same respect back. And another one, you know, Terry Funk can't say enough great great stuff about Terry Funk. Um, That was definitely a dream come true. Uh, I would say, you know. The worst ex guys to deal with definitely Vader. Uh, Vader was absolutely horrendous. Yeah, I mean, we have a whole episode about Vader, but fuck Vader, he was awful. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Vader was bad. Um, Matt Morgan wasn't that great. <laughs> oh, I mean, I don't want to waste Matt Morgan's stories right now, but uh, we could probably in the future do a. We had a WrestleMania twenty three. Uh, was in Detroit, Michigan, and we ran that weekend, and we ran with Jake the Snake Roberts and Matt Morgan, and that could be a whole po- uh, podcast on its own. Well, Mark that down. I mean, we'll probably never cover that ever again, so you might as well just get into it. Jake the Snake, fucking awful deal with. I don't care. We're never going to talk about this again? Okay, Conrad. Yeah, we're <laughs> never going to talk about this again. I don't care. Like, Jake the Snake, this big fucking resurrection or whatever, good for him, but fuck that guy because he ripped us off for a ton of fucking money. Um, was he, ordered, he ordered crack cocaine in my car. Just awful to deal with when we booked him. You know, obviously, you know, we booked him when he was, you know, before he. It was a mess. Yeah, before DDP got a hold of him or whatever. But he was fucking awful to deal with. Uh, cost us a ton of money. Um, he's the reason why we refused to do deposits because you know that was early AIW Absolution Two. We sent him a deposit. And he Could have killed us. Yeah, he did not come. His, uh, you know, we ate the plane ticket. Um, yeah, because it's funny that the first two absolutions were so cursed because the first one, Kamala no-showed. The second one, Jake the Snake no-showed. And I remember both times sitting with Thorne and going, oh, my God, we're dead. And yes. now here you are, years yes. later. So I would say I would say Jake the Snake was bad. Um, Matt Morgan was just kind of like – he was kind of like a dick. I know that he – I was he was fine with me, but I know that him and Pedro had some fucking like uh, some some bad almost fight each other interactions. If you he had, ups- a, lot, he had a lot of almost fights. If yeah. you upset Pedro, there's a problem probably with you. Yeah. Uh, so I would say I would say Jake the Snake was bad. Vader was bad. Matt Morgan was pretty bad. I'll talk about somebody that I was mad at that we didn't book was Psycho Sid Vicious. We tried to book in the gauntlet this year, and he kept answering the calls, telling me to call back in five minutes. He would never answer again, and this went on about ten times. Sid is my dream come true. He's like... It didn't come true, though. I know. That's what I'm saying. He's He would be my dream come true. He's Sid, Sid, Psycho Sid, he's probably my 
favorite wrestler ever. We don't have a Psycho Sid, but we have Smokey Smasher Psycho Smothers. Well, that's, that's good because that's a great segue into our next question, as it turns out, John. Uh, this was submitted by wrestling fan Joe. I feel like everybody's name is Joe that sent me emails. But um, he wants to know, money not being a factor, if you could book any one person from wrestling past or present, whatever the case may be, any federation, who would you book? Oh, I mean, Thor could go first. But... Chris Chetty. Oh. <laughs> I'm thinking purely from a financial standpoint. <laughs> I'm thinking purely from a financial standpoint. I'm not sure if Chris Chetty is going to draw as much as 1984 Hulk Hogan. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, Hulk Hogan would be sweet. Uh, 1987 Ric Flair. Not as sweet as that double jump moonsault Chris Chetty had. Uh, 1980s Missy Hyatt and Hollywood John Tatum. You tried to book John Tatum for Missy Hyatt's wedding. <laughs> I didn't try. I was going to ask her. Though. You found him. <laughs> well, I found him years before that. He King of Google. Yeah. She, she loves John. She talked about him on a different podcast. Well, and uh, another guy she knew very well, Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert in his prime. Yeah. I think I'm sticking with Chris Chetty. I'm sticking with 1984 Hulk Hogan. No, right? actually, you know what? I'm going to go with uh, 1999 The Rock. Oh, that's good. Oh, that's, that's good. good. Yeah. I think I think we might draw a pretty good house with that. With 1984 Hulk Hogan and The Rock? Yeah. Oh, that's... We could almost sell the Sky Dome. <laughs> I almost, I, I almost uh, did not graduate from high school to go see that match. The Sky Dome. Yeah, Hogan Russell versus Man. The Rock. Icon versus Icon. That's a great I was a match. senior in high school. Hell of a match. Little did you know, if we had everything everything we could do, it could happen at Mont Carmel. Yeah. I took a week off of high school, and I went. I, I told some girls that I was in some legal trouble, and I needed some money. And these girls, I got all these girls to give me like 50 bucks here, 50 bucks there. And then I got that first credit card you get in the mail when you turn 18. Oh, yeah. So I took all this fake jail money and I cash advanced that $200 credit limit on that Capital One. <laughs> and I headed right to Toronto to see the icon versus the icon. I missed school for like a week and a half because, I mean. Did you take a, a taxi cab from Niagara Falls to Toronto? I did. That was expensive. <laughs> You're I mean, I don't know. I th- you know, I thought Canada was like the size of a state. Oh, man. That's, I still think it is. That's like a two and a half hour cab ride. <laughs> how much would that Uber be? Oh, I don't know. But the cab ride was about 300 bucks. How, how, how would you think that Canada is the size of the state when it goes across the entire northern border, which is really multiple knows. states? You don't think about that kind of stuff. You think Canada, <laughs> Indiana, same fucking size. Uh, yeah, like, all right. I don't know the difference between Hamilton or Oshawa. Hamilton is a Broadway play. Well, not in Canada. <laughs> a home of uh, Ethan Page, Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Steel City, Canada. Yeah. Took me took me, uh, took me, me about a week and a half to get to Canada and back. But I've oh, seen, oh, I've that's, a lot, that's a lot of taxi cabs. Yeah. Holy, hey. I saw that fucking match, though. I still got the T-shirt somewhere in my closet. Smuggle shit over the border like Tammy Sitch would have off of that bridge. All right. Sticking to the theme of uh, booking and wrestlers. What current independent wrestler or wrestlers that wrestled in AIW in the past would you like to bring back? Jimmy Jam Olsen, number one. Uh, I would say ACH probably. He's always good. Um, oh, still on the indies, though. That's hard. Most of the people I would want to bring back are uh, in New York right now. Yeah, I mean, Jimmy Olsen hasn't wrestled in years, but he's... Hey, Jimmy Olsen's good. Sometimes I just wake up in the morning and I go, man, fucking Jimmy Olsen... 
if he would have just stuck it out for a couple more years, he'd be fucking real good right now. Uh, technically, I don't know if because we'll talk about this some other time. But Haley Hatred, I'd love to have her back. Uh, all the people that went to New York, I would want back. New York, huh? New York. What is this? An art video shoot interview? <laughs> what do you think about New York? And somebody did ask about Haley Hatred, and uh, but for them, I would say, you know, listen back to previous episodes because well, that was well, covered. trying. We're trying to and get her on here. Well, yeah. Big, Biggins did find her. I don't know if we had a chance to update people on that. Oh, I did find her. Uh, uh, I won't reveal anything, but I am trying to get her on here. She's doing well, though. She's doing well. She's alive. Yeah, she's alive. She's been found. There's, there has been communication. All right, sticking to the theme of, uh, of dream booking, because there's so many questions everybody wants to know. Um, this one, two parts. So we'll, we'll start with the first. In the years you've been promoting, who's the one wrestler who eluded you and or got away? Eluded us. Eluded, got away. Eluded, yeah. So, so you're going to book them and didn't get to. Maybe it's Psycho Sid. As we've already mentioned, um, I would I would say probably like one thing that we probably should have done, but we didn't. Is Sasha Banks used to contact us all the time, oh. uh, and we just you know we were in no position to you know she was based in New England or whatever. Yeah, that's a big one. Um, we knew about Bailey before she was uh, in WWE, but it we just never we weren't going to book a flight from California. Like at those times when, at those times, when yeah. they were on the independence, uh, we, you know, we could barely, you know, pay somebody $40, <laughs> you know, sure. um, I, I would say Sasha Banks is, is probably a regret not have, you know, not being able to book her and have that footage. And then like our third show or whatever, weren't you trying to get punk? Uh, yeah. Like we, right before punk signed, we were trying, we were trying to get him for hell on earth one. Um, I thought it was uh, Rude Boy Strikes. N- no, it was Hell on Earth yeah. One, and uh, then there was there was a point in time where we so during the punk stuff we almost also booked Super Dragon, um, and then that fell apart too. So then we ended up I think booking nobody for for that show. You booked me. You yeah. <laughs> CM Punk, Super Dragon, Chandler Biggins. <laughs> yeah, you guys are really fucked up. Uh, I would say another big one was Mike Quackenbush. We had him booked like two or three times. Uh, one time we had a show in Pittsburgh that got canceled that wasn't anything to do with us, and he was booked on that, uh, and it got canceled, and then he got injured the one time, uh, and then he had like a thing come up. He had to go out of town for another one, but uh, he was a guy I always wanted, Quackenbush. Yeah, he eluded he, he us for years. Um, I'm, trying to think, I'm trying to think of who else. Um, Safe to say, the great Kali, of course, also now on that list. Right? Great Kali, um, <laughs> you know, we've been mentioned multiple times. We we had the opportunity to book uh, John Moxley, Dean Ambrose, like a lot more, but you know, it's just something that you know we ended up booking him two times. I think uh, something that we probably should have taken better but advantage. Again, of. that was you know dark days. Yeah, you guys could have had two thirds of the Shield teaming up at AIW before they were even the Shield. Realistically, no. Between he and Tyler Black, I don't think they cross paths that much. And like the timelines don't really add up because Tyler Black left for a while when he went to ROH. Ah, okay. That would have been fun. All right, second part to this: Who is AIW's white whale that you will feel incomplete if never booked? Reckless Youth. I try to book Reckless Youth every single year. I know it's probably I know it's probably never gonna happen, 
But every single year that we've done the Jaylet, I've reached out to Reckless Youth because he is like one of the guys that got me into independent wrestling. Um, I just, I don't know, like he was the guy, the independent wrestler for so many years um, in the late 90s and early 2000s. Uh, and I remember seeing him on like an indie show in Medina, Ohio, when I was like 14 years old in front of 13 people. And I followed his career ever since that day. Um, and we've corresponded quite a bit over the years. Um, and I always, always, always try to get him out of retirement. Uh, and you know, he just is happily retired. I, I don't even know. It's probably been 10 years since he's wrestled, but, uh, every single year for the jail it. Uh, I give it a shot. I send him a message. He always sends me very, very, very nice responses and is thankful that somebody even uh, remembers and appreciates what he did in wrestling. But uh, Always very complimentary of JT Lightning as well. Yeah, very complimentary of JT Lightning and you know the, the whole meaning behind the tournament. Because uh, JT, JT, I think, only booked him once or twice uh, in early, early Cleveland All-Pro days. But uh, you know, I don't think it will ever happen, but that's kind of like the guy that I'm always going to chase after to get one match out of his reckless youth. Um, and even if it doesn't happen, I'm I'm never going to stop trying. I would say, like, of people that were available, it would be hard to come up with one person because, I mean, we've pretty much accomplished most of my bucket list. But uh, definitely, like I said before, uh, if there was going to be returns, it would be people, but they're all signed away right now. Okay. And I would love for Kevin Steen and the Young Bucks to come back because they always pop the town. That wasn't the question, though. It was like, who's, who has eluded you? Who's I don't know. Answer, Nobody's who's, really. Who's the white whale? Yeah, going back for these returns, man. Hollywood John keep... Tatum. Okay, that's your white. That's your guy. That's my white. That's that my guy. Fucking runs a flea market. <laughs> it's a very successful flea market, Tallahassee. Okay, our next grouping of questions. Uh, first, this comes from Alex. Uh, I think this is a very easy answer there was a uh, a certain i'm not gonna drop names certain wwe superstar was at the event of hell on earth why did he hightail it out of that first match it's a pretty easy answer him and his brother had calf tickets and he got booked last minute by thorn there you go <laughs> pretty much it was uh a thing where we were out for thanksgiving eve uh i didn't know usually hot young bradley does not come home for thanksgiving uh, he was there. Mike Tolar was there, who was a longtime favorite of kind of the, the darker days of AIW. Um, he was like one of the, you know, one of the sh- bright spots, I guess you would say. For sure. He was uh, the, he was like the it guy for a while. Yeah, for us. Um, for us I yes. don't know if he was the it guy for, you know, I, I would say the the mainstream independent wrestling fans oh or no whatever. not not at all but for he was a, a dependable in guy. the aiw bubble he was directly shot to the top yeah because i mean you know he was just he looked like a wrestler at a time when you know half the guys fucking looked like we had him and sterling james keenan and then the rest and, of the roster and, yeah and tyler <laughs> black and then it was just a bunch of other guys um so yeah uh it was the the rest that you're referring to is is Dolph Ziggler, obviously, but um, yeah, they so <laughs> they had Cavs tickets, and uh, Ziggler's like, if you book Tolar versus my brother, I'm gonna skip most of the Cavs game and I'm gonna come to your show. And I said I'll put them on first so you could do both. So they they went on first, and uh, as you know, as soon as they were done, they he rolled out. He got out of there, 
and he went to uh, he went to the Cavs game. But there's been there's been shows in the past where he just comes and sits in the crowd. There was like a jailed. He was there the whole weekend. It was real weird. So, I mean, you know, a lot of the guy, like the Cleveland guys that are more successful or, you know, in WWE or whatever, uh, if they can, a lot of them will stop by and hang out. And, um, you know, like when, when EC3 was signed to WWE, he would come all the time when he was Derek Bateman. Or, Hot Young Briley was in WWE. He, yeah, he would come. You know, he would come. You know, Ziggler comes quite often whenever he's around. So, uh it was funny because he used to wear like a lucha mask. So if you just randomly watch some old AIW shows and there's like a guy in a lucha <laughs> randomly sitting in a lucha mask in the crowd, that's Dolph Ziggler because uh, he would he would just come in disguise sometimes. Uh, but yeah, he had Cavs tickets, so that's why he hightailed it out of there. All right, there is a grouping of three names that came up multiple times in these emails. People wanting to know where they are. Will they return to AIW? Oh, where are they now? This is well, this is up my alley. It's not not, not necessarily a where Google are they them. now, but let me Google you know, them. Is there a reason they're not here? Will they come back? These names are Mr. RBI, not Mr. RBI. Just, just go one at a time. Mr. RBI turns out to not show up in the emails just, at all, unfortunately. Okay, first name. He showed up in Twitter recently about how he's got one more run left in him. One more run. Uh, 2017. First name is Davy Vega. Um, Davy Vega. Uh, we were booking all the submission squad and all the St. Louis guys. Uh, and then we just, it just was one of those things where, uh, they, you know, Jim Cornette always says a line, nobody can miss you unless you're gone. Um, and there was a time where I think a lot of the crowd was turning on him as a baby face and he might've been champion too long. Uh, I'm not saying he'll never be back. There might be a big day where he returns, but, uh, they're definitely, uh, the St. Louis guys are very tied up now in this NWS thing. So I'm not sure when NWL NWL, my bad. Sorry. What's that guy? Was it was it Dapper, dude? Did you just name drop Dapper's Fed, NWS? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I wonder whatever happened to that Fed, who he got bought by. Uh, I would say with Davey Vega, you know, he was definitely, uh, you know, a cornerstone for a long time of AIW. Um, and I just think, you know, kind of in kind of in a similar tone of what Biggin said is, you know, sometimes guys are great, they do nothing wrong, but you have to, you have to kind of cycle them in and out so – people want them back again. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, Davey Vega was on every show for like three straight years or something like that. And like them and him, the submission squad, we like them. You know, there's not, they did nothing wrong. But, it was just one of those things where, uh, and I would say the Bateri also fall into this thing where they did great for us, but it's just one of those things where it's, you know, we have to limit how many people are on the shows. Well, it's not that you, you have to keep things fresh. So not only, uh, do people you want to you want them to miss those talents? But you got to keep the overall, you know, presentation and the talent fresh and in the minds of the of the fans because people like seeing new and different things. Um, you know, I, I think Biggins is not processing that Davy Vega was a, around a lot longer past even the submission squad guys. I would say he was there for a, an additional Probably two years, yeah. additional year and a half after. We stopped booking them. His his last show actually was uh, the December show that I ring announced for. The first one I did last year. It was a year you ago. Made him leave. Yeah, pretty much. It was either you or him. That was it. No, I would just say you know Dave, <laughs> Davey Vague is great. Um, you know he was always trying to evolve and asking you know for feedback and things he can do better and things that he can he can change up. But I I just think it's you know sometimes you gotta you gotta cycle some people out. 
And then when they come back, you know, people are super, super pumped for it. So I'm not saying Davey Vega will or won't be back, uh, but there's definitely not like a heat situation there. It's just a matter of keeping the roster kind of fresh. And, you know, he was here for a long time. And then, you know, you cycle somebody else in and, uh, you know, that person will get cycled out. You know, it's just there, there's there's guys that are if you notice, like there's very few long tenured AIW talents on the roster. Um, a, a lot of people other than I would say maybe you could find five um, get cycled in and out over the years or miss shows here and there because you got to just try to keep the show fresh. Sure. So the next name is one most remembered as uh, his last appearing was being AIW absolute champion. People have seen him at AIW shows, but he has not been on them. And that is Ricky Shane Page. Well, I mean, this is a long story. And, uh, you know, I like I like Ricky as a person, but professionally, he quit while champion. And that was pretty, in my mind, unexcusable. Yeah, so um, I guess we'll just get into that. Um, basically, you know, Ricky was a long time, you know, roster member uh we finally build to absolution 10 where he's going to be the champion he was on the first show he's finally 10 years later gonna become champion of the promotion um you know we build to all that i would say i think maybe his second title defense um he goes you know right right before he goes out of the curtain he's wetting his hair down and he goes hey man uh i just gotta let you know i gotta lose this next month taking time off and i go what he goes, I'm taking time off. I said, you literally just became the champion. And after a 10-year buildup, basically. I mean, you know, it wasn't like a 10-year buildup, but this, right. that's the story is, you know, he's finally, you know, reached the top of the mountain and, you know, we're going to be going with, we're going to be going with him. Uh, so that's kind of where we develop, you know, people that follow AIW remember um, Ethan Page started throwing fireballs. Because that was our way to write him off because he said, hey, he's taking time off of all of wrestling across the board. So we're going to write him off, and then we were going to bring him back probably at the gauntlet for the gold. We were hoping he'd be ready to return, and he was going to come back as Christian Faith. Um, so, you know, we figure all this out, even though it's an annoying situation, because, you know, this is our guy that we're trying to go with. And then, you know, before he can really pick up steam off of, you know, being the focal guy in our company, he says, Hey, I'm taking time off. So then we do this fireball thing. We write him off. And then a week later he goes, Oh, Hey man, uh, if you need me to wrestle in December, I can wrestle because, uh, DJ Hyde texted me. He's going to book me for CCW. Now I said, well, what happened to taking time off? He goes, well, I can't, I can't take time off. Now I got booked for CCW. It's cage death, man. So, I took great offense to that, that he was willing to, he had no problem giving up the championship and, you know, giving up the spot as our top guy, but he couldn't say no to being on a CZW show, which he had, they hadn't been booking him at all, really, since, I think before that, the last time they booked him was six months previously or something. Yeah, just COD. So, I took great offense to that, Uh, you know, we, we... we wanted to put a lot of faith behind him. We did put a lot of faith behind him, and he gave it up. Pardon the pun. And yeah. uh, so, no, I don't. Th- I don't think I would say it's highly unlikely that he'll be back, just because that left a really bad taste in my mouth. That you know, we say, hey, you, 
you're going to be the guy. Uh, we appease him for his time off that he requests. Um, we come up with an angle. We make Ethan Page start fucking throwing fucking stupid fireballs. <laughs> and then, because, uh, you know, the angle is his face is going to be burned. He's going to have to cover his face up again. Um, and it was going to kind of, he was going to come back with, with a vengeance, and we were going to build to him and Ethan Page at Absolution uh, 11. And, uh, you know, then he comes with a, hey, man, I'm, I'm really not, I'm taking time off from everything but CZW. And it's just like, okay, uh, well, what the fuck? So, yeah, I guess that's kind of a long story, but. And this is not going to be anything new to RSP when he hears the podcast. I so mean, for, for, knows, you know, for anybody listening, think, oh, they're, you know, no, throwing I, shade. I mean, this is all stuff that he, I mean, he knows. It's, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's a business situation and, um, you know, some people will say, oh, well, who cares? But it's my business. Uh, and I took offense to it. So sure. I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm not gonna book somebody that didn't, you know, didn't have the, didn't have the, res- you know, he didn't show us respect. So, you know, we have no reason to really book him again. Well, and like Biggin said, as a person, he still enjoys him. And, and obviously, I mean, if it was- obviously he's around and he's at the shows, right. I see him once a month in Canada. It's fine. Like nothing wrong. It is what it is. It's just one of those situations that, you know, that was the, dis- that's the road he decided to go down. So, I mean, that's fine. You know, sure. that was, that was his, I'm sure he does not care at all. No, I think he's just doing just fine. Everybody's doing great. So the next name, the last name that kept popping up, is actually an Big a- Mo. Uh, not Big no, Mo, but it, but an AIW student, Joshua Singh. If you had the answer, I would love to know it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's just a guy that uh, he just stopped kind of coming to training. And like he just stopped coming around. And like when he quit coming to training, and then he quit coming to the shows. And like we see him at Mega, and we've seen him other places, but like we just don't know. And we just go, hey, hey man, uh, are you gonna start training again? And he just goes, yeah man, I probably should. And then that's that's, that's it. That's it. Uh, <laughs> and now he's like a YouTube movie reviewer and buys Blu-rays. It's real weird. Yeah, he's. I mean, you know, he his. But yeah. that's another thing. He, it's just his decision. Uh, to not come around anymore. So, I mean, it's up to him, basically. And it's kind of like, you know, w- with how many people are active at our school now, it's kind of like out of sight, out of mind sort of thing. And it's just like we see these guys twice a week. Uh, we don't see Joshua Singh, so it's kind of like, oh, there's a spot. Let's Dominic Green is going to get that spot. Uh, oh, there's another spot. Oh, let, let's give this to uh, Dr. Dan. You know, there's another spot, Brian Carson. You know, these are guys that are, are at, you know, they go to every single training session. Um, you know, they show, they, they kind of show passion, I guess, to to advance their careers. They continue to train. So, you know, those are going to be the guys that get the opportunities. Joshua Singh just stopped coming around. So. I mean, Dominic Garini and Alex Daniels a couple weeks ago just went to Florida in one day. That's pretty crazy. All right, that's going to wrap it up for this episode uh, you guys submitted so many questions that this has become a two-part deal, and they ask us anything. So that's going to do it for part one. Uh, catch episode two of the Ask Us Anything next week right here on The Card is Going to Change, presented by AIW and, of course, sponsored by Smart Mark Video, Jack Prince, and Angelo's Pizza. Thanks, everybody, for John Thorne and Chandler Biggins. This has been Steve Guy, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks. You said you weren't going to do that in 2017. I lied.